Hi friend, welcome to this week's podcast from the First Baptist Church of Nokomis, where we are building the kingdom of God through the lives of everyday people. If you are new, you can visit our website at fbcnokomis.com. Click on our visitor information page to sign up for our e-newsletter or to learn more about our ministries. We also invite our regular listeners to partner with us and support our digital ministries by clicking the Give Online button. All right, sit down, you crazies. All right, Andrew, I'm giving you the job. I don't like to preach with notes on Easter, but if I look at you, you got to give me, hey, let me just, real quick, hold on. So this is Matthew 28, 1, that's the first one, then 2 Corinthians 5, 1, Romans 6, 23, don't worry about that bad writing, John 11, 25, 2 Corinthians. You just have to look at me and tell me, you're cueing me, okay. If you screw it up, don't worry. It's the Easter sermon. It's you know, only the biggest Sunday of the year. Uh, hey, before we get started, um, I want to just give a quick shout out. Uh, it's First of all, it's great to be here. I mean, last year, right, I did the sermon right there. Yeah, you can be Baptist. We can, we can clap off rhythm. Um, we did a, a struggle year and got to this point. I'm just so excited uh, to be back in church and um, kind of uh, our full per- in-person service. Um, if you're new and you uh, are wondering, you know, Easter sometimes a place to make that decision. Uh, we have a welcome packet for you. You fill out the card and we'll get you more information about the church. Uh, we're not doing the what's in the box. Those of you who've been signing up for it, we're going to stop that until the fall and revisit it. Um, but a couple of things coming up. Next Sunday, we're doing a, a worship swap. So Breck and Anna from Hillsboro are coming here. Breck's going to preach. Anna's going to lead worship with our worship team. Thought it'd be a nice crossover event. And then uh, I'm going to go down to Hillsboro with a few people, uh, lead worship down there. So, you know, next Sunday, come uh, celebrate with Breck. And uh, always nice to get a different perspective, different face. The 18th of April, uh, we rented the Orpheum. So if you want to have fun for family night, uh, we're doing it. The youth are sponsoring it, Chaos Night. But I said, why don't we open it up to the community, uh, family, friends, Hillsborough Province people. I think I'm going to try and start off with a little bit of worship, some fun, and then we'll see what video we show um, for the, the evening, about an hour and a half. So they give us two and a half hours there. So we'll be there 4.15, about 6.30. Um, we'll have it out on our Facebook, so like the Facebook page, and uh, you'll get more information about it. So yes, I know there's no nursery on Easter, there's no children's church. I did walk by one parent who, who whispered to their little toddler, what I'm about to do to you may not put me, may not get me uh, in heaven, but I'm going to stop this fussing. It's okay, if your kids are fussy, uh, we expect that a little bit on Easter. They can move around. Don't feel like you have to, you know, put them on a leash. Uh, but we do have the TV on in the foyer and also in the family room. So if you need a quick break, don't do that thing that would keep you out of heaven. Just let them have a moment, okay? This is what we did this morning at 6.30. Let's, uh, let's cue that up out at Andrea's Pond. Oh, my God. Okay, and it was really cold. I'm getting used to it. Now. My Polly told me that I'd get hypothermia if I stayed in there very much longer. Do you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes, I do. Do you believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins? Yes. 
It is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> I know I'm supposed to hold you and help you out. Oh, sorry, I did this my breath. Okay. I know you're incredibly strong about this. I'm really baby. Dylan, he was not bothered at all. To baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. Here you go. Anybody getting pictures? Anybody getting to the video? That's really cool. I don't know about this. I can't do it anymore. He wasn't meaning spiritually. He meant, you know, the water. He's trying to talk with a normal person. Okay. Yeah, quickly. Okay. Rex, do you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you believe in Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins? <laughs> then it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we had so much fun with that. Dylan was... Um, he kept stepping back because I kept stepping back. He didn't realize that I had to step back to catch him, right? And so he kept stepping back. And so we kept getting deeper. And, and I'm like, and you're 6'9", okay? So we're going to have to go another 30 feet out in the water to get you back up. Stop moving. Oh, so and it, was, it was cold, but the sun coming up, it just was mesmerizing. Uh, just like the, the early church going to the tomb and seeing an empty cell. Yeah. Let me explain that to you. Matthew 28, verse 1, tells us about the resurrection. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they went to the tomb. The stone was rolled away, and Jesus' body was gone. Today, I want to tell you about the power of the resurrection. Let's skip a little bit forward into the early church. Paul writes the books that we know as letters to early churches in Corinthians. Second letter to the Corinthians, he wrote in chapter 5, verse 1. He said, you must understand, we in this life live in tents. We're not meant to simply live in tents. Now, I don't know about you, but I brought a tent that I have a lot of fun with at our house. There it is. I did that really well in practice, by the way. It just got away from me there. How many of you go and actually tent in a tent? Okay. We rough it. We do. We like to go out there. And you want the thunder and lightning to terrify you, right? You want to feel vulnerable and like, you know, this is roughing it. This is where there's no air conditioning. There's really no space. This is supposed to be like a seven-man tent. There's no way. You're getting people in here besides maybe one. But this is what we used to call camping, right? I've been backpacking into the mountains where we take one of these up there. Uh, there's no running water. So you know how they, you know, you go to the showers or you go to the, no, there was, the, that was camping, man. If you had to go to the bathroom, you just went and, and dug a hole. And then, of course, my wife and I, we were young and married and uh, we were going to go camping and we borrowed a tent and we went for 4th of July in Wisconsin, and I think it was like 50 degrees. 
starts freezing. So instead of wanting to put up the tents, it started to rain, and I looked at my wife and I said, I'm good, let's just sleep in the car. And she was mad at me. We are tent camping. We're doing it. And she went out and she finished putting up the tent only to find out it had a hole. <laughs> so it rained. She got back in the car. Don't you say a word. <laughs> There's a hole in the tent. And then I looked at her and I said, let's go rough it. Come on. We are doing it. We're going to go camp. Nowadays, this isn't what people do anymore, right? Now it's like you get a fifth wheel. You got like a walk-in shower in your camper. I mean, you know, we've made it pretty luxurious. I, my, I call it the, you know, the royalty camping. You know, you got the roughing it camping and the royalty camping. If you go royalty camping, it's like when my wife said we were going to go to Vail. You all know the story. They were going to go to cabins in Vail. And I, I brought all my camping gear because cabins to me meant you had to walk 100 yards to the outhouse. Right? That was cabins, you know, where the snakes came in. No, apparently Vail, they're not cabins. They're Marriott's. They're hotels. They're beautiful. This is what Paul is referring to. Paul's talking about the fact that our bodies are like these tents. You know, I have this in the house, and we play with this. We play monster, so we get the grandkids in, and they all climb in here, and I go, Roar! and they go, Roar! and they do it again, do it again. And I come over to the side, and I look in the window. Roar! It works with a tent. It's a little terrifying. It doesn't work if I'm outside on the siding of the house. That's not terrifying. Paul says that the tent is here today and it will soon be gone tomorrow. Our lives like tent camping. We weren't meant for that. It's fun for a time, but eventually we're meant for more than this. Eventually this will die and be no more. Now, Such a story was in the Bible in John chapter 11. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. A friend of Jesus named Lazarus was sick. Mary and Martha sent for Jesus and said, If you're here, you can save him. Jesus had healed hundreds if not thousands of people. But alas, by the time Jesus made it back to Bethany, Lazarus had died. His tent decayed, if you will. You know, we struggle with death. We know that curtain of which we cross over from this life to the next. We know and understand earth, so we are sad that people have left earth. Because we understand earth. It actually says Mary and Martha were grieving when Jesus showed up. In fact, Martha said, Jesus, had you been here, our brother would still be with us. And you might think that Jesus was just over the top about his miraculous power. But it says he was, in fact, angry. He got emotional about his friend's death. I think of getting angry today, too. I think Jesus was angry with the curse ushered in by sin, that we in this tent living do suffer greatly. People we know and love suffer and die. People we know and love suffer the shadows of death. I've kind of likened it of late. I'm going to share what a personal story is that I don't often talk about. But 
when I watch the news, you would think the political football of everybody else's issues take center stage, and yet nobody's talking about five million Americans who struggle with dementia. I go visit my mom, and the woman who taught me about Jesus and was one of the smartest people I know can hardly put a sentence together. And I get angry. I get angry. I get tired of the people I love suffering. I've been to many of your houses when you have found out that someone has cancer or is in an accident. Maybe it's the fear of death or maybe it's death itself. And like Mary and Martha, we want them back. We want Jesus to do the power of the resurrection and bring them back. And Jesus being angry at death, it says he even wept for Lazarus. The shortest verse in the Bible, John eleven thirty-five. But Jesus also told Martha, John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. Even though you die, if you believe in me, you shall forever live. Martha, do you believe this? Martha said, I believe. Church, do you believe this? I believe. What do I believe? I believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. So even though we die, I believe there's another place for us to go. What's behind that curtain? I know. We don't know. Nobody really knows. Now, John 14 tells us, Jesus says, I go and prepare a place for you that where I am, I'll come back, that you can be where I am. Revelation 4 says this crystal sea that is in front of the throne of God. Or you can go to Revelation 21 where it says there will be no more crying, no more suffering, no more tears, no more death. There will be streets of gold. It will be beautiful. That's what we hear about heaven. And yet there's part of that we don't fully understand. So I get it. That on this side, we want our loved ones back in the tent. Come back. Be with us. We want that resurrection power with us now. Do you ever think of the story from Lazarus' perspective? We don't really, do we? We always think about it from Jesus' perspective. Jesus is raising Lazarus from the dead just before his own death and resurrection. Basically a foreshadowing, say, if I can do it for him, trust me, I can do it for myself. But I want to tell you what Lazarus probably experienced. Lazarus died, he suffered, says he was really sick. And he's on the other side. And we don't totally know what's on the other side, but you can look at Luke 16, and that's the story of the rich man and Lazarus, the poor man. Not the same Lazarus. But the poor man Lazarus dies, and he goes to be the bosom of Abraham, while the rich man dies, and he goes in the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. The poor man Lazarus gives us a peek on what's the other side. A banquet, family, friends, Revelation 21, no more suffering, no more sorrow. And then on the other side, you hear this voice. It's Jesus, and Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth! And the man, tightly bound, comes out. And Martha looks at her brother and says, Welcome home! And Lazarus says, Are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? You don't see that in Scripture, trust me. It's not in there. I'm just embellishing the fact that when Lazarus showed up again, the question has to be, What are you doing to me? I know, you're all like, oh, he came back home. You know what? That's like saying, I got back to my bed, I got to sleep on my bed, and the next morning, Tar said, oh, no, remember that tent with the hole in it? We're going back out. And we're doing it again, and you're going to like it. 
What? We don't see the other side, so we think this is the best that life has to offer. And if our loved ones have gone, we think, where would God re resurrect them or bring them back? Why wouldn't he bring them back to us? And if I was Lazarus, I'd say, well, I don't want to come back here. I was sick and dying. I get to die again. And they say, well, we wanted you to come home. And whoop, 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 whoop. Second Corinthians 5. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm good. I think I'm falling pretty good. Paul says, our bodies are like tents, but we are not meant to live in this body forever. Eventually, we will be given a heavenly body. We will go be with Jesus where he is. Folks, Lazarus, when he came out of the grave, didn't come home. He returned to a temporary place. What Lazarus really wanted is what? To go home again. Can you imagine? The only person really in the Bible that has this distinct story and privilege of dying, going to heaven. And I got to admit, Lazarus in heaven's got to go, I'm here, it's great to, whoa, 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 oh yeah, Jesus. Where is he? Oh, he's on earth. Oh, so if Jesus wants to call me back, where? Oh no, I'm going back to earth. Okay. Lazarus goes back to earth. Eventually Lazarus will die again and Lazarus will go home. I want to invite you this morning. You are just like Lazarus. Folks, you are just like Lazarus. I know you're like, well, I haven't died officially. You know what we call your baptism? A spiritual death. When you die to Christ, that is your first death. That is, in fact, where you let Jesus come into your heart, right? So Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is saying, when I knock at the door, let me in, and I will make your heart my home. Folks, as soon as you become a Christian, you have a taste of what heaven looks like. You have a piece of it. You get that home already. What Jesus says on earth, as it is in heaven, you are readily getting it. You watch the Chronicles of Narnia. They go in and they find the wardrobe. You know, on the outside, it just looks like their dreary uncle's house. And they don't have PlayStations, they don't have video games, they don't even have TVs back then. What are they going to do? They're going to play hide and seek. Until Lucy finds the wardrobe. She opens the wardrobe and finds a whole new world. It's true for us. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, on the outside may still look like that tent, but on the inside, God is building a mansion. He is making his home in your heart. Suffice it to say that when it comes time to die, it is a second death. And when you meet Jesus for the second time, he will say, welcome home again. Welcome home again. I caution you this morning because if you all too often have been living this life like Mary and Martha, that everything that you want is for that tent to be made right, and you want to keep it perfect. You want the awning over your fake green carpet rug, and you want things around to make it. You want the fire pit, and you want your grill, and you want everything. And then all of a sudden, you realize that all this stuff still doesn't last forever. You go, well, where do I go after this? If you don't already know, all out concern. It should not be a shock when you face Jesus. If it is, trust me, there's a difference between the poor man Lazarus and the rich man. Don't be the rich man. When you see Jesus, you can go, oh, hey, I didn't know what you looked like. I know I've seen a lot of paintings, but 
for some reason, this feels really familiar. And Jesus will say, welcome home again. I made my home in your heart, and I've been building this. Oh, I go prepare a place for you that where I go, you'll come back. And you'll be where I am. Come back to me. Folks, when you die your first spiritual death, Jesus is building his home in your heart. When you die your second death, you are going home again. And the only thing I invite you to consider this morning is from now on, live like Lazarus. From now on, live like Lazarus. From now on, live like somebody who knows where you're going after death. And you may not know everything that's behind there, but you can guarantee it is something incredibly special. What Jesus has done in your heart in part, you have to believe is going to be there in full. Maybe that's what we could take away from Easter. A pandemic, a difficult year, places where earth has seen the shadows of death. But I want to live like Lazarus. I've already been there. I already have Jesus in my heart. From now on, I want to live like Lazarus until the day I go home again. I imagine when Lazarus uh, came to that deathbed a second time. I know the song was written for other reasons, but it is tantamount to the story of Lazarus's life. Let's go home. When it's our time, let's go home. When it's time to put the tent up, when it's time to pack up camp, let's go home again. Bless you, Jesus. So the sun beginning, felt the winter wind grow. Bad ones who is dead, and life begins to fade and grow. From this rubble, what remains can only be what's true. All was lost, what more I've gained, because it led me back. To you. From now on, these eyes will not be blinded by this light. From now on, what's waited for tomorrow starts tonight. Tonight. Let this promise in me start like an anthem in my heart. From now on, from now on. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. See you next time. And remember, God is building his kingdom through the lives of everyday people just like you.